This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. With the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojak here, recording with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin. Uh, just a quick reminder before we get started on a jam-packed episode of the podcast that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple, uh, Android, wherever you do it, Spotify, make sure you, you subscribe, listen, give us a nice little review, and uh, listen to older episodes of the podcast as well. Those are all gold. So uh, always appreciate everybody's uh, listening and spreading the word as always. Um, we're going to do a four-quarter format as we usually do in this week's episode of the podcast. In the first quarter, we're going to talk hoops as girls basketball is in the final season of the regular season with the playoffs starting next week. And boys basketball is heading down the stretch here as well. We had some uh, big games here, so we'll talk about that in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we're joined by Nutria boys basketball coach Scott Fricky. In the third quarter, we play way or no way. And then in the fourth quarter, we recap and preview uh, wrestling and gymnastics playoffs a lot of good stuff going on over there. So uh, a lot to talk about, so we won't uh, we won't take any more time than we need to. But uh, why don't we start things off here, Joe, with basketball. And we'll start off with Nutria, where um, the Trevians had an unexpected hiccup losing to uh, um, a tough Evanston team on Friday. Um, then the two teams met again on Monday. Um, Nutria even the score. But um, that Evanston loss um, – not, not that it's truly surprising because Evanston obviously is a good team, but um, that loss really hurts uh, the Trevians' chances of uh, winning a CSL, at least a share of the CSL South Division there. Yeah, I mean, it surprised me just the way Nutria was playing over the last, you know, couple weeks, um, actually all of January, really. Um, but as you just said, it's Evanston Nutria. I mean, they've been playing each other for 100 years, literally. Um, so... The rivalry strong. They're playing in front of 3,000 people at Welsh Ryan. It's an intense atmosphere. I really – and it's not like Evanston's a, um, you know, a bad team. Um, they haven't put it together yet, the pieces. So I think they are talented. And I think uh, they were back in the top 25 recently. So uh, it's a good team, and I think they just surprised them. Um, wild game, though, wild game. Uh, I think Evanston uh, started out like 22 to 3 or 22 to 5. And then Nutria went on a 23 to zero run um, between the first and second quarters before halftime. So just a crazy game. And then um, down the stress though, Evanston uh, kind of proved their medal um, really came in and finished things off and kind of expected Nutria with a six point lead at the half to extend it in the second half. Okay. You know, they took Evanston's best, best punch and now we'll see. Um, but that didn't happen. So kudos to Evanston for, for putting it together there and winning on, at the Welsh Ryan, but I really just chalked it up to a hiccup. Um, you know, Nutrier doesn't really have much to prove at this point after beating Glenbrook South, Rolling Meadows, Bolingbrook, Lake Forest, uh, you know, Yorkville Christian, the list goes on and on, Bennett Academy. Um, their resume is really tough. Um, so um, great game, great rivalry, and they played three days later. So um, it was good stuff. What um how how important do you feel like them getting that win on Monday was just for you know getting back back into it and um I know like you said obviously their resume is their resume at this point and 
Um, there really isn't much debate about how good of a team Nutria is, but how important was it for them to just get back and get a 55-38 win over Evanston um, on Monday night? I think it was important to them. Um, I really think, you know, that rivalry, you know, there's a lot of passion there. Um, and then there's a lot of tension too at times. Um, and, and you just really want to win if you're, if you're a player in that rivalry, I, I, you know, from a coaching staff or a, you know, uh, quote unquote expert perspective, I don't know if it would have mattered too much as to what we think Nutria can do, you know, if they had a close loss to Evanston, but to those players, I think they needed it. Um, you know, I talked to Noah Shannon had a big game for them. I talked to him afterward um, about the rivalry and everything like that. And, you know, speaking kind of his story is a bit of a, you know, you can kind of expand that out. You know, he's been in a bit of a shooting slump. So he wanted to beat Evanston. He wanted to get better. Both things happen. I think that's big for Nutria and their role players down the stretch and how they can be the best version of themselves going into the postseason um, and uh, advancing. Um, so I think it was big for them to do that. Um, it was also big for them to, you know, you don't want to go in with a slump and teams exposing maybe your weaknesses and that's the, the what's on your mind going into these games. So I think they exercise those demons. That's a very good thing. All right. We'll talk more Nutria boys basketball in the second quarter when we're joined by Scott Frickian and Way or No Way in the third quarter. But um, let's move on over now to the Loyola girls basketball team where um, suffered just their, uh, what is it now, their third loss of the season um, in the uh, GCAC conference tournament following to Mother McCauley on Friday, losing 36 to 31. Mother McCauley won that on, went on to win the conference championship there. And then um, Loyola ends its season against Leighton Tech um, on uh, tonight, actually, Wednesday, recording this on senior night, um, and then start the playoffs against Taft on Monday. But um, kind of a, I feel like kind of an expected but not expected win where um, I feel like we wanted to see Loyola win this conference championship just because of, you know, the losing to Montini earlier, um, losing to Whitney Young a little bit earlier as well. This just felt like maybe this was the kind of momentum they would have needed uh, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed that right on the head. I wasn't, uh, I'm not concerned about if Loyola is good or not. I think uh, they've proven that and they are a very good team, one of, one of the tops, um, definitely in the area and maybe in the state. I think I was curious and I couldn't figure out how dominant they were, you know, um, their conference is tough and they won a lot of games. And at times they look like they were world beaters with these 12, 15 point wins against good teams. At times uh, they played some close matchups. They, you know, they took a loss to a Whitney young team to a Montini team. Um, so I was curious and it felt to me like they weren't, they're not dominant. No offense to, to the Ramblers, obviously very good team, but they're not, uh, ahead of the pack, way ahead of the pack. They're not this team that's unbeatable. So I think that loss to me was a little expected. It was kind of coming um, against a good team. You're going to take your lumps. It's a long season. I mean, we're talking about 30 games played here um, and a good team's going to lose a few. They've only lost three. They're a very good team. So um, wasn't a big surprise to me. I had hopes they'd make it to the championship game because then we could see them. Um, just the schedules didn't work out for us to make that third place game. But uh, so I think that just tells us that uh, they're a beatable, very good team, like nearly everybody else in the state, except maybe, uh, although it, I was going to say Stevenson, but it's funny, they beat Stevenson um, early in the season. So um, I think it, it, it similar to Nutria losing to Evanston, it doesn't 
um, it's it's a blip on the schedule and it's not a definition of uh, who they are. So we had uh, seeds and uh, playoff matchings coming out last, at the end of last week. Loyola will be the number one seed at the GBS sectional. Um, they are competing at the Maine East uh, Regional. Um, Maine South is number two, Evanston number three, uh, GBS number four, and GBN number five. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about them in the third quarter, Joe, but um, how do you just feel? I, not really a surprise that Loyola is the number one seed at GBS, but how do you feel um, about them doing uh, in that sectional and potentially playing uh, Stevenson if all everything goes chalk um, in the Hersey Super sectional? Yeah, uh, you know, taking a look at that, that bracket, uh, I really like Nutrier's, or I'm sorry, Loyola's draw. Um, I think uh, they match up well with their opponents. Um, I think they match up well with GBS too, who's also a very good team, but I think they are uh, better than GBS, although that'd be a good game if it gets there. But I'm really looking forward to Loyola Maine South. I think that's a battle royale. Um, I think that, you know, the way Maine South is playing, that's anybody's game. Um, you know, both teams have the star power with Andrew Giordano for Loyola and Emily Pape with, uh, the, you know, the conference player of the year for Maine South. Uh, I'm really looking forward if it gets there. Obviously, you got you to get the wins before then. And Maine South has to beat Evanston um, as the 2-3 matchup, which is no easy task the way Evanston is playing. So, but I think if it gets there, we're in for a special uh, matchup um, at GBS. So uh, it's, a, it's good, but I do like Loyola's chances. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Loyola playing, like I said, Taft on Monday at the Maine East Regional. Um, that regional championship game will be on Thursday the 17th. New Trier is playing in the Maine South Regional, and as a number seven seed, they take on Elk Grove Village on Tuesday night, and if they win, they would most likely play Maine South or uh, Leyden if Leyden was somehow able to uh, pull that upset up in the opening round. But um, we are getting in the playoff season here for uh, girls and boys hoops, so it should be a lot of fun. And why don't we continue the fun in the second quarter here by uh, talking to New Trier boys basketball head coach Scott Fricky. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with uh, Scott after the game on Monday after a bounce back win for the Trevians. Uh, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, so so we checked out Monday's game. I really just wanted to see how Nutria would respond to kind of a, a loss like that under a big stage, and, and it was pretty impressive. You know, their defense was riled up, um, pretty aggressive performances from a couple guys in the offensive end from Shannon and um, Jackson Monroe. So, I talked to coach just about that and what they were looking to do. He, he gave plenty of credit. He's going to, you're going to hear him give plenty of credit to Evanston and their shot making abilities in the first matchup. Um, and just what Nutria tried to do to counter that in the second matchup and um, how their playoff outlook is looking. All right, let's take a listen. You know, first of all, I, I've seen a lot of film on those guys. They're, they're very talented. I mean, they've got the pieces and they've been struggling making shots. You know, and, and against us on Friday night, they made a lot of shots. And when they're making shots, they're hard to guard. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. And, um, you know, they made shots, and we couldn't get stops when we needed them. I thought we, you know, we a lot of energy in that second quarter to get back in the game. But uh, there's no excuses. We had a six-point lead at halftime. I think we moved it up to eight. You know, this team, you know, needs to – needs to extend that lead and, and put that game away yeah. there, and, and it didn't. But you know what? There's ups and downs during the season, and um, you're going to hit bumps in the road, and it's hard to win every game. I mean, I think the last time we lost was the Simeon in December. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's going to happen. 
we didn't particularly shoot the ball well on Friday night. Um, when Evanson is making shots, what kind of shots are you talking about? I mean, are, are they, you Like know, penetrate kicks. Yeah. So they get in the lane, they can finish, and then if you help, they kick out to open shooters. Um, also, they've been missing a lot of around-the-basket shots, and they made them all against us. Mm. Uh, if you watch their Lake Forest game on Saturday, they, uh, I mean, they had layup after layup. They just missed, missed, and missed, you know, and against us, they don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've seen you guys a time or two, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, today, yeah. uh, it seemed a bit back and forth. He had a lead, but it's third quarter, 14-0 run. I mean, that'll, that'll do So it. we went on a 14-0 yeah, run. 14 so or 16, a, yeah. So we went on a 25-0 run on oh, Friday, and then a 14 or 16-0 run today. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was about defense, you know, like we wanted to uh, to get stops, and I think we got like seven stops in a row coming out of halftime. Okay, and um, you know, I thought I saw some something in Noah that I haven't seen in a while, an aggressiveness. Yeah, you know, I don't think he felt like he played well in that Friday night game, and um, he uh, he played great for us tonight. He was aggressive. He was he defended well. He knocked. Out, he's a really good shooter, and he knocked down his shots tonight. And you know what? He's confident. Took the ball to the hole and went up strong. Yeah, he was. He was great. I thought Peter controlled the game for us. Peter Canales, our point guard. I think Josh played well in both games. You know, just uh, you know, he does the little things for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when J- Jake obviously draws a, a lot of attention. Um, ton of so much so, yeah, teams you barely don't. get up shots. So how important is Noah, Josh? Very to, important. Yeah, very important. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's part of the reason why other guys on our team are scoring a lot is because there's not a lot of help coming from him. Okay, a couple things that kind of reared their head. He had a huge lead to. It didn't really factor too much, but five turnovers in the in the fourth down the stretch that seems to maybe yeah. be rears his head a, a time or yeah. two. Yeah, you know, I... I think we had a comfortable lead. It's when teams are taking chances like that, it's hard to like you don't want to take a quick shot. You know, but in that situation you gotta you gotta shoot layups. You gotta move the ball down the floor, find the open guy and shoot layups. And we were a little tentative, but I thought after that little stretch, I thought then we handled it well. Okay. And now you finish up, what do you guys gotta do? Sectional seeds come out this week? Yeah, they come out Wednesday, so we're gonna be a one or two seed probably and we'll go from there. We'll see how Depending it works. What happens out. Tomorrow night maybe? Yeah. GBS. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Scott, and thank you as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, we're halfway through the podcast, so that means we are going to jump on over now to the third quarter. Where we are, where we are going to play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue about way whether they can happen or no way they cannot happen. Uh, we're going to stick with boys hoops right now for the first question here: uh, way or no way, Joe, that the Evanston loss for Nutrier um, showed any weakness that the Trevians have? Ooh, if it showed any weakness, uh, sure, yes, I think it does. I think. Um, Nutrier at times, we saw it in the Simeon game. We saw it toward the end of the GBS game, um, their win against GBS. Um, and we saw it in a little bit in both Evanston games, but they can, they can get in a bit of a bit turnover prone under pressure. Now teams love the pressure Nutrier. They've also shown they can beat that pressure uh, similar to like the Bolingbrook and they ran Bolingbrook out of the gym, a very good team um, with their pressure um, rolling meadows. They beat um, pretty handily with that pressure. So, 
they've shown they can beat it, but it has reared its head a couple times. Uh, talked to Coach Fricky about that too. So uh, I think that's one thing. And again, we've talked about it before. If you really, really, really body up, Jackson Moreau is so talented. So um, if, if you really can body him up and limit his touches in deep in the post, um, you might be able to stop him. Um, that's another weakness of theirs. But um, I think, sure, uh, there, there are some chinks in that armor. I hate that phrase. I can't believe I said it. Very sorry. Um, but there are some weaknesses there that you can take advantage of, um, just like any team. But uh, they also can burn you on it. So it's kind of complex. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I think way. Um, I think this shows that this team, um, this team is very talented, very good, can hit you at any size, play incredible defense. Um, that's not to discredit their record or obviously one loss to um, take away what they've accomplished in the whole season so far. But um, I think that this Evanston loss, I mean, you saw it against Rolling Metals where they were probably trailing in that game for much of the game until they came back late. Um, to kind of push it away. I mean, you saw what, what they did against Simeon. Um, I don't really count that first GBS loss because they really weren't full staffed in that game. But um, I do think that lose, that loss to Evanston kind of showed that Nutrier um, is kind of at the level that we've expected all year. They're not, the, they're not at the Glenbard West level. I know that no one really is. But um, I think that team is kind of the prototype of what you expect a team that's going to win a championship to look like. And um, I think Evanston kind of, sh- or I think Nutria kind of showed um, in its loss to Evanston that there's still little weaknesses here. And I know you don't like the phrase, Joe, but I do, do agree that there are some weaknesses here and there where um, this team just, if it goes down a bad stretch, and I know that obviously that works for every sport, but I think this team is more susceptible sometimes to go down a bad stretch. And um in the playoffs, I mean, if you are not responding well to like a 7-0 run or a 10-0 run or anything like that, that can really ruin your season and take you away from the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think that this show, this loss showed that um, Nutrier has some weaknesses. It doesn't take away from all the strengths they have and how they were probably able to overcome it. But um, I think that this is probably a good loss for Nutrier, um, if there is a thing as a good loss, just to kind of for Scott Fricky to be able to like, hey, like, see, this is like to show that we're not perfect. Like, yeah, we beat GBS. Yeah, we beat Rolling Meadows, but there's still weaknesses that we have and that we need to work on and practice here in the final couple of weeks of the season. So, um, way I do think that the loss showed that Nutrier does have some weaknesses. Yeah, right. you know, I, I sorry, we're going to keep talking hoops because we love hoops here. Um, I, I just wanted to add that we've seen that from a lot of the other top five teams as well, top 10 teams. We've seen um, hiccups from, Rolling Meadows, we've seen uh, Kenwood lost Yorkville Christian somehow. Uh, I don't know how that happened. We saw, um, you know, Hillcrest have a hiccup against, uh, I believe it was Curie, beat him up pretty good, which we didn't expect. So we've seen those hiccups. They can happen. Uh, you know, we haven't seen it from Glenbard West. And to be honest, we haven't really seen it from Glenbrook South. They lost to Nutrier and they lost to Glenbard West, but I wouldn't call those surprises or hiccups. Um, they were just two good teams that came down to the wire. So um, I really think that um, most teams have that across the course of a year. Definitely. All right, well, let's move on over to the second. We're going to stick with basketball, but go to girls' basketball. Uh, way or no way, Joe, that Loyola girls' basketball needed that loss to Mother McCauley uh, just ahead of the postseason? Needed it. That's always a tough one. You know, you really got to kind of know your personnel, but I think a loss like that can definitely help because – I've always been a proponent of saying you have to know that you can lose to be a really great team because that kind of 
you know, you go in overconfident thinking you're going to win every single game. That's going to limit you in some aspects of your game. Give you that overconfidence uh, will cause kind of a, a relaxing um, behavior that, that could be, you know, not conducive to victory. So you, I think Loyola probably knew that already, but being in a game like that where you're really fighting for survival, that's what the postseason is going to be when you get to a certain point and you have to learn to overcome that. So a loss can help you in that respect. I think this, I'll say way that, um, I, you know, needs a tough word, but it can be helpful. So I'll go way. I think I, I agree with you there. And I'm going to go with way too. Um, and I think you see this a lot with teams who have a perfect record, who don't experience losing where, um, obviously you want to go undefeated. You want to win every single game, but I do think that there are a lot of good learning lessons in the loss. And for new, uh, for Loyola, who hasn't lost since, uh, the end of December, um, I think it's good to remember what that feeling is like instead of having, you know, winning the conference tournament, but then you lose in the set sectionals or the super sectionals or something like that. So kind of with what I was getting at with Nutrier as well is just for Loyola. I think that was a good loss just because it kind of shows you that, Hey, you're not perfect. You have susceptibilities here and there. Um, and I think that uh, um, them losing and obviously you want to win conference. That's important. But at the end of the day, most of these teams want to win regional sectional, super sectionals, go downstate, win the state championship. So um, if you lose a conference tournament game and you have to do that, but you win later on, I think that's uh, worth it for a lot of the players. So way, I do think that uh, Loyola needed that loss um, in the conference tournament. All right, third question here, Joe. Way or no way that Loyola Wrestling will have a sectional winner um, this weekend? Uh, I wish I could do a little deeper dive on the sectional, um, but I say way. I think um, you're looking at Odiati, um, who's really on a good run here, um, and uh, he won the regional, and I think he will win the sectional too and then go in as a pretty high seed to the state final, so I'll say way. I think uh, this Barrington sectional, unfortunately, I won't be there. I'm going to be at the Deerfield sectional on uh, on Saturday. But I think this Barrington sectional has so much talent in it with Loyola, um, Nutriers in there. You got Huntley in there. You got McHenry in there. You got Barrington in there. Um, there's a lot of great teams. Um, Libertyville, obviously, um, is in there as well. So there are a lot of great teams um, in this uh, sectional. But um, when it comes to 120, I think I agree with you. Adiodi probably has. Uh, the best chance of Loyola winning a sectional um, and just knowing some of these teams um, you have um, Wilson Wright for Nutriers 30 and seven. Um, that could be tough competition. And Pena from Hudley is really good. Um, so he should be able to uh, cause some problems there. Um, I think it would either probably be between Adioti or Libertyville's uh, Kaylin Riley who's 33 and three um, for Libertyville. So um, way, I do think that they'll win. I think that's probably their best chance of winning it. And I think um, Adioti is going to be able to uh, get a chance to uh, win a sectional title there um, and head down the state as probably a high seed um, at the 120 when it comes down to the state meeting in Champaign. Um, all right, we got swimming and diving conference taking place this weekend, Joe. So, way or no way, Nutrier wins the CSL South meet. You know, uh, Nutrier season has been a little difficult this year. I know they've, they've had some issues with some swimmers staying in the lineup, um, but still, you know, that depth that we talk about so much really plays a factor in these conference and um, um, dual meets um, because they can just get multiple placers at um, in one race. You know, at times they can even get 
um, a couple relays in the same race. That's more in dual meets, but um, or in tournaments, I should weekend tournaments, weekend meets. But anyway, so I think they got the depth to do it. I think it's them and GBS, and I think they beat uh, GBS this year uh, pretty handily. Um, so I think they got what it takes to win the conference crown once again. Yeah, I think I would agree with you, Way. I think Nutria is going to win it. I think it's kind of a um, not a down year, but just like not a year that we've seen from GBS and GBN the last couple of years. Um, and I think even with Nutria dealing with some issues um, with swimmers and divers staying in the lineup, um, I think Nutria has the depth and talent to win that uh, CSL South meet. So, Way, I'm going to agree with you there. They win CSL South. All right. On Monday, the IHSA announced that it is going to do. Uh, a one through 32 playoff seating for classes one through six a um, instead of splitting it between a North and a South bracket and then dividing those teams up between one and 16 class seven a and eight a already do this. So this doesn't really affect our area teams here with Nutria and Loyola, but um, where no way uh, Joe that the IHSA made the right move by um, making seating one through 32 universal for all eight classes. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know about the best way. It's a better way to do it. Um, I think we've seen that in um, seven and eight that you get um, more diversity, more uh, parity in the top and bottom halves, if you will, when that does happen. Even though, you know, I think there's other things that need to complement that change to make it what it's supposed to do, which is kind of lump everybody in the same pool. I think they, you know, IHSA still likes to put opponents near each other. Uh, but I know the point system shakes out a certain way. So that's just kind of what it is. Um, so that's step one. There's other steps that need to be taken. Um, for instance, not having the point system determine everything. But anyway, that's this is a good step. Uh, it evens the playing field a little bit uh, for both sides. Um, so I like it. Yeah, I think I agree. Definitely way it needed to happen. I mean, you saw, especially in these last uh, championship games, um, there are a lot of blowouts, and the North just continues to beat Southern teams. Um, and you've seen a lot of a lot of times for those classes you've seen where the semifinals are usually the state championship game because of just how the brackets work out. And you just have two – There, some, it just happens where Northern teams are better than Southern teams. Um, and uh, actually, a Friday night drive, we actually uh, – reclassified or redid the last uh, brackets for this past uh, playoffs. And uh, for one and through six, a lot of the brackets look drastically different and probably would have had different collision courses uh, um, for different state championship games. So um, definitely I agree that there's still work to be done, but I think this is a right move. Um, I think you saw with seven and eight, a that the travel can be hard sometimes, but I think it's worth it. And I think you're going to have, you're going to have travel in the postseason regardless. So it doesn't really matter when it's going to happen. Um, so why not just have it be in the first week um, and, instead of in a championship or in a quarterfinal week where you end up having a state championship game that is uh, um, not even close and not really fun for a lot of people who are traveling and watching the games. Right. Um, but that's everything that we've got for the third quarter here. So let's move on over to the fourth quarter and talk some postseason action. Why don't we start off with uh, girls gymnastics, Joe? I know um, Nutrier won its regional title last week. Um, they we, they uh, competed after we recorded. They competed twice since we recorded. Yeah. Um, they competed once uh, when uh, um, with the regional win, um, and then they competed in a, a very difficult 
Mundelein uh, sectional that we talked about last week. And um, it was going to be really hard for Nutrier um, and a lot of teams to battle it out and get out of that. Um, and we kind of saw that with the sectional results where uh, Nutrier was uh, not able to get anybody automatically qualified for the state tournament. Nutrier finishing fifth overall. Brennan Hills is your winner at 146. Carmel finished second at 144. Um, Stevenson finished third. GBS finished fourth. Nutrier fifth and GBN sixth. But um, how surprised were you with the results that you saw um, at the sectional after how well the Trevians did at the regional? Um, a bit. I was a bit surprised I didn't see, um, you know, some names in there, um, um, you know, on the bars, even even the uh, the floor. But then I looked at the scores. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the qualifiers ran from nine six to nine three seven five in the vault. Uh, uh, the bars, you know, the the last qualifier was automatic qualifier was nine point three five. So we're going to have some automatic. I mean, not automatic. Some at large uh, once we set the floor for what that is. Um, with through the other ones, but this was just a star-studded sectional. Um, Vernon Hills put up 146. We got three different schools that put up plus 142. That, those are huge numbers. Um, and Nutrier's one, you know, about 138. It's lower than what they got in the regional, but they're missing their best or one of their their leaders in Sydney Holder, um, who didn't compete again. So. Um, you know, just a lot of talent at this meet is when I looked at the scores, I was just shocked to see all these high scores um, across the board for the automatic qualifiers. This was a really talented meet. I don't think we'll see um, another um, meet that had three scores over 142. I think that's incredible. No, it's insane. And kind of the reason why we rant against the IHSA for putting all these teams together where you're going to have a team probably who is not as good as a team that's probably going to miss out here. Um, make the state final and just get um, not, even be, not even be close to competing against it. So I get that's a whole different discussion for the summer and that sort of stuff. But um, I do think that um, that was just a tough sectional to compete in. Um, every team there probably is a top team in the state. Um, maybe GBN a little bit less so, but still GBN always able to uh, put things together and uh, compete really well. So um, yeah, I think that was a tough draw for them. I think uh, um, it was hard for um, hard for Nutrier to kind of get back from those injuries, and um, hopefully they get some qualifiers that will be announced on Monday um, for next weekend's uh, state tournament at Palatine. But um, congrats to them for winning a, a regional championship there, and um, hopefully they get some uh, some gymnasts who are able to uh, compete at the state tournament. But um, why don't we talk about uh, wrestling here to finish things off at the this latest episode of the podcast. I don't know where my brain was going with that one, but it was all right. Uh, Loyola finished third at the GBS uh, regional. Uh, Mason Adiote uh, took first along with Pat Simmer, Cooper Weddick, and Quinn Herbert. They're all your uh, regional champions there. Uh, Kevin Tachi, um, Danny Herbert, and Mike Williams all took third place. So all of them will be competing in the Barrington sectional. Um, in next, uh, this upcoming Saturday's uh, sectional meet. And then uh, for Nutrier, uh, you had Loyola finishing third. So why don't we stick on Nutrier or for Loyola for a quick second here. And um, not really a lot of surprises here, Joe, but uh, kind of what we expected for who would be qualifying to move on to the sectional. Yeah, uh, really, I thought it was a pretty great 
uh, meet for them. Um, if I'm not wrong, was it six or seven moving on to the sectional, um, right. including uh, a champ? I think I didn't expect. Uh, I, I believe it was Quinn who got uh, a, a regional title um, of the Herbert Boys, uh, and that's that's awesome. Um, great to see that, that that he was able to do that. He's wrestling really well going into the sectional, and uh, we know what Massey can do, um, and the other guys too. So it's just the continued revolution evolution of that program uh, is going higher and higher. And I think we're going to see a few of those guys move on to state. So I think that's a really great finish for them at the regional meet. Yeah. I think that's really impressive to see what they're able to do. And obviously they're hitting the right notes at the, um, at the right time with just what they've been able to uh, put together here, like you said, uh, moving forward. Um, and let's talk about uh, Nutrier who will have five competitors take up place in the Barrington sectional Walter Garrett, Wilson Wright, Eli Pulasic, Jack Cummings, and Ty Stringer um, all moving on to the sectional tournament. Um, Joe, what did you see out of these uh, Trevians uh, and how they were able to compete in their regional? Uh, I thought that was kind of what we expected. I, I, I thought we could have gotten a couple more across the sectional. Um, I won't pull, call on names, but there were there were a couple spots where uh, uh, Nutrio thought they were wrestling well and they could have pushed a couple more maybe. But um, that happens in wrestling. This is the playoffs. So uh, you got stiff competition um, everywhere you look and unique competition everywhere you look. So maybe guys you haven't wrestled before. Uh, but, you know, you know, shout out to, to uh, Jack Cummings for continuing his unbelievable season. I believe he's around 35 and two uh, for the year. Clearly a state medal um, type guy um, who, who wants, you know, he's, he's aiming for a state championship. If he can get there now, it's going to be very tough to do it. But I think we're going to see him pick up a sectional title. Uh, Ty Stringer is on just a, a rampage um, at, a, you know, the higher weight. I think he's at 220. So um, he's unbelievable as a sophomore. Um, so he's going to continue that. Um, I think he's on um, the path for a state medal possibly. Um, and some other guys that, that kept kept doing it. Walter Garrett at, at the low weight is a uh, freshman. So kudos to him for making his first sectional and, Hopefully he can get out of there and go to state. But like you said, about what we expected, and I, and I expect a couple of those guys to medal even at state. So let's see what they do at section. Yeah, I mean, Cummings and Stringer both uh, winning their regionals. Cummings at 195, Stringer at 220. Um, Cummings now 28 and 2 on the season, uh, Stringer 24 and 3 on the season. Um, so what are you expecting out of this section? I mean, we kind of talked about it in the um, in the third quarter when we were doing way or no way, but um, a really tough sectional with a lot of talented teams um, in here. So, um, I mean, if you had to guess, I mean, how many, how many are you, the top four um, competitors from each weight class are going to move down to Champaign um, for the individual state tournament. So um, what do you, uh, what do you kind of foresee happening here this upcoming weekend? Well, since the state moved to, are we, are we at three classes, Mike? Yeah, three classes. Yeah, since they moved from two to three, um, we're seeing more guys get through. Uh, it goes to four places, so the sectionals and the sectionals are a bit smaller. Um, so uh, I, I think we're going to see um, for Nutrier, I think Cummings and Stringer are shoe-ins to make the state. We'll see if they can pick up sectional titles while they do it. That'll be tough, uh, but I think they're shoe-ins for the state tournament. Um, we'll see if Wilson Wright can get there too. Very talented wrestler. Uh, at a low weight, and uh, he's been doing it for a couple of years. Um, I think he gets there too. So I'm going to say three for Nutrier. I think Walter Garrett's got a tough run um, to make it, 
Um, and I think for Loyola, I think we're also going to have three. I think we're going to have Massey, Mike Williams, and um, Anna Herbert. Um, maybe more because, you know, they've been surprising me as they're pushing things up. Um, maybe we get four or five from Loyola, but I think three are shoe-in for them as well. I think it should be a lot of fun to see what they're able to do and moving forward, but um, it should be a lot of fun. So make sure you're keeping up with the record northshore.org for all the latest results uh, from this upcoming weekend. As we talk about, we got the ending stretch here of girls basketball with the playoffs starting on Monday, boys basketball in the last couple weeks of the season. And we are in the heat of wrestling playoffs. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about as well as boys swimming and diving. Um, niche uh, nearing the end of the season here as well but that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast thank you as always for listening just a quick reminder you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available make sure to listen to old ones as well and spread the word when you're at these meets and tournaments and uh, make sure you spread the word we always appreciate it make sure you catch up with me at friday night drive for all the latest i had the news about Monday about the seating changes happening and some recruiting notes about some of the top recruit 2023 recruits in the state of Illinois. So make sure you check me out there and check out Joe's work at the record northshore.org for all the latest sports updates and everything you need to know about the North Shore uh, news arts and everything else that involves the North Shore area. But for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.